afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Flannel Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. A Monday upon us in this grain trade. We saw some lower numbers in the corn market. Soybeans, of course, continue their green streak, while the wheat numbers have been kind of mixed. Livestock side, as we flip that page, mixed on these live cattle. Hogs see some positives. So what is going on in this market? Are we seeing a bit of a pullback in the trade? Are we pulling these prices closer to heart as we look at towards mid-August, moving to the end of this growing season and the price action since we saw the reports on Thursday. And then on the flip side with the hogs, what are your thoughts on these August expirations? We're going to get all those details and more with Mike Zuzlo. He's with Global Commodity Analytics. And and Mike, let's talk about this price action. We had the report on Thursday. Some said it wasn't going to be a big deal and we'd move on. What are you seeing as we look a couple days past it? Well, I think we've gotten into a mindset, Susan, where the trade is probably being diverted. Its attention's probably being diverted. Its its uh, its sentiment, its momentum. Um, these things really can impact the trade for a period of time, and it's usually a shorter period of time than a longer period of time because a lot of time the momentum and sentiment indicators are indicative of algorithmic traders, and they tend to be tend to be a lot shorter term than the supply-demand fundamentals that, that we are used to dealing with, and even maybe the macro fundamentals. And so today was kind of an instance where, and, and it'll be what we talk about today, I think will be useful to see whether it's correct or not by the time we get to tomorrow or Wednesday, because I think that's where the timeline I'm using is. And so futures trading right now, I think it's trading less on supply-demand fundamentals, the report, for instance, of what you're talking about. Um, we had a July crush number that was pretty disappointing, 155 million bushels below all trade estimates. Soy oil stocks uh, on the same report came in up 5.2%. Um, trade was expecting actually declines in soybean oil stocks. Soy meal exports were up about six-tenths of a percent versus June, but that was but still down 18% from July of 2020. So we had that, and then we had the Chinese economic data, which you would associate, I think, with, you know, soybeans and soy meal demand. And we had industrial data, uh, production numbers come out from China that was a little under 6.5% growth year over year, but that was about 2% less than the trade was expecting. And then retail sales, which is even more important to the market typically, um, up 8.5%, but the trade was thinking it would be 11.5% growth, so that was a big miss on, on the downside. Uh, finally, I think we've had some farmer selling pressure here because I saw a lot of cash basis weakening and widening uh, in the bean belt today. Uh, rivers uh, like Cincinnati was down 11, Burns Harbor, Indiana down 10, Decatur in uh, Morristown, Indiana, those are both crushers. They were down 10 cents. So that kind of makes me think we had some farmer selling. And yet beans had the best look to them today. And I think it probably was a spread unwinding day where they had been buying the corn and selling the beans after the crop report and turned tail and decided to just unwind with their sentiment momentum indicators. Are we going to see some quietness, though, within this trade as we get closer to, to combines running in the south? You know, I hope not, because with the pro-farmer tour going on right now um, and, and what we saw in the USDA report, I am hoping that beans actually turn on even harder to the upside. The meal and the crush margin is coming up substantially. Um, and what I mean by that, Susan, is we had that big drop 
in corn yield on the report last week, and the trade found that right away. What they didn't see as much because the yield wasn't down as much was the soybean yield dropping. Um, but that kind of opened the door for more uh, decreases because not only the weather, but if you look at the crop conditions, which is going to be coming out here in the next hour or two, um, last year at this time, soybean good to excellent conditions were 72% in the country, and we're looking at probably 60% on today's numbers, as that's what the trade average guess is. And so maybe the trade is into that already today. I doubt it, but I think that's something to really watch for because if we start thinking about future yield declines led by the soybeans, I think that probably will come back around and circle around to help the corn more than hurt it, and that spread unwinding uh, won't be as big of a feature, especially given the fact that the biggest thing I saw in the report, and this is probably the last thing I'll hit on the report unless you want to talk deeper into it, is the idea that wheat is back as the leader to the upside, and that's because of the tight, tight global ending stocks that we have. We hit that wheat corn spread back up to $2, essentially erased all the losses from the past several months. And we're looking now at testing some pretty big resistance in that soft red wheat complex. If we bust through that, that could change the sentiment and momentum indicators to a bigger positive, and all of a sudden you could have wheat and soybeans helping the corn. So I'm hoping these things happen and override the issues with the early harvest or the southern harvest. Well, you are a mind reader because I was going to ask you about wheat from a from a global perspective. Still issues in Russia. And heck, let's just look here in the States. You look at the Dakotas um, and they're having some issues with the spring wheat. Yeah, and it's only going to get worse. I think this is where today's crop conditions report is really important to me. We'll see if it's important to the trade because I think bottom lining it out even with cooler weather, I think the supply is falling faster than demand because the poor areas and the very poor poor combined conditions are close to being able to, to close to being able to be too late to turn around, just like we saw in the spring wheat. And I wonder if the trades really captured that. But it's really interesting if you look at a monthly soft red wheat chart right now. Our May high was 773 and a half. Our April high was 77. 773 you really don't have any resistance until you get up to eight bucks and then after that you don't have much resistance until 850 so you got a lot of air underneath you i think if you can close above that 775 area all right well stick around folks we come back we've got a lot more coming up as we continue with the monday edition of the fontanelle final bell we'll be taking a look at this u.s versus south american pricing are we still at that better advantage we know that they've had some export struggles, especially with the decrease in levels of their rivers. More is coming up. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as we continue the conversation with Mike Zuzalo. He's with Global Commodity Analytics. And in the first half, we were talking about uh, where we were crop development. We know the Pro Farmer Tour is on. It's the same route that they've taken um, every single year. So it'll be interesting, Mike, as these numbers start to come in as they've moved out of South Dakota into Nebraska and heading eastward. It'll be interesting to see comparisons to what we've had over last year. Yeah, and I think one of the things that I talked to some clients about and some others about the first half of August, it seemed to me, Susan, this market was about the macro forces and betting on the come about the rainfall. And the rainfall was disappointing, but we never really priced it in because of the macro forces. Well, that that light got shined back on the yield when the USDA came in with these surprise yield cuts, which it was not a surprise for me. I didn't think they'd come in this quickly with a low yield like that in corn but I did have a yield number below 175 that I put out to clients the week before. 
Um, but that put the light back on the yield for a couple days. And now we're going back to the macro factors. And I think things like the Pro Farmer Tour, especially for the corn, because my memory, if I recall correctly, because they feel more confident about the corn and only look at the pods uh, in the soybeans, it seems like the trade prices in whatever the Pro Farmer Tour says more closely associated with corn yield numbers and, and kind of leave the beans alone. And I think this year it'll be the same way because the beans look a lot tougher than the corn, generally speaking. But I don't think the Pro Farmer Tour will have as much impact, nor will most of the other uh, issues like that on the supply-demand side if the macro factors stay out of our way. And what I noticed last week, is, and this goes to the livestock side especially, is that last Friday the U.S. dollar really failed to break above resistance, and so it really capped itself because of some fundamentals that had shifted and that was very healthy to put the dollar back under pressure that goes back to what we talked about before the break and that's part of the reason why the wheat was really able to take off and so between the u.s weather not making this crop bigger and a weaker u.s dollar i think we could come out of the second half of this month with some more upside potential but i think it is a key month to get that upside potential i don't want to have to be doing a lot of defensive selling in the month of September. Are we price advantage still over South America for, for export opportunities? Yeah, roughly $20 a ton. And again, that's a real currency sensitive feature too. And I think that's what the funds like if the Brazilian currency is trading stronger. Uh, that's really good for our meat side in terms of the cattle imports, beef imports, pork imports. And it's also really good for our soybean export potential. But yeah, the, the uh, Paranagua port right now is trading uh, right around that $560 a ton. We're a little over 540 after today. So let's switch gears and head over to the livestock side. What are your thoughts on this August expiration for hogs? Yeah, I think this is a window of opportunity for the fat cattle, but I think it's an opportunity that you want to hedge. So if we've listened, you've listened to the last few times of the Fontenelle final bell, whenever we get to overvalue levels, I've been wanting to hedge third and fourth quarters because of the Delta variant. And what we're seeing in some uh, in some more lockdowns and some more issues with people not coming to the office or schools not opening fully, and I feel that way again, Susan. And especially given that like 70 to 79 percent ground beef prices up 56 percent versus last year, bone-in ribeyes up 29 percent, boneless ribeyes up 53 percent. Kind of see all the way across the cutout and and the gamut of the different cuts. We're we're up there in a lot of cuts a lot more than we should be uh, given what kind of supply we have right now. So I think this hog market with the August expiring near 110, October taking over as lead month at 86.50 as of Friday's close, that gives you an opportunity because you've got a gap now above the market. So take advantage of that would be my recommendation. And as you get to that 124.75, 125 level uh, in the August contract and as you get towards the uh, October price action, of 129.50-130 I think you really don't want to let those prices slip. You know last week and we saw limited trade numbers coming through on on these cattle for the cash and it was like that the week before is that trend going to continue for a third week? I think it is because I think the packers are seeing a little bit better um, price action in terms of profitability uh, out of the pork because what I noticed this past week was we jumped from 2.3 million head of uh, hog kill the prior week up to 2.4 uh, this past week and uh, that was uh, that was still down about 5.7 percent from a year ago in mid-August but they really turned it on when it came to buying into the hogs 
even though the beef was you know featured pretty heavily so i think as we go through the last of august we'll probably see a decline in some of the featuring as we close out the summer in the beef and we'll see the poultry uh and the pork kind of slug it out with with one another i hope i'm wrong about that but i'm sure laying for that all right lots of great things we talked about today mike best way for folks to get a hold of you Best ways to uh, get on the website, globalcomresearch.com. It's globalcom with two M's, research.com. Sign up for a one-week trial. I will extend it if you mention that you are a uh, Rural Radio Network listener. All right. Thanks so much. Mike Zuzel has been joining us. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options do involve substantial risk of loss and are not suitable for all investors. That's the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all the local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.